0: I'm Sentier, the Heartful Badass Coach. Being badass is about being the real you. Being strong, feisty, confident, knowing your own truth and walking it. Feeling the fear and doing it anyway. With a heart full of joy and boundaries that really work. I learned how to be the real me through telling and writing stories. And now I'm a best selling author as well as a badass psychotherapist and coach. I tell stories a lot in podcasts and blogs and in the coaching programs I do. Being authentic, living your own story, that's being the real badass you. And being real badass is being full of heart, caring. Because we've lived through all that shit, haven't we? So we know it in our bones and we really do truly feel compassion. So come on, let's do some badassery. Let's change ourselves and watch the whole world change around us. Let's make our lives, our businesses, and our hearts sing. Well, hello everybody. This week I am incredibly lucky because I've got a friend of mine from over in Arizona. Which is a hell of a long way from me, of course. And she is one of the most integrated women I have ever met. And the way she works is very, very integrated. Now I thought this would be really interesting for you to hear about. And so in a minute, I shall be fully introducing her with the full, in fact, I'll do it right now. She's Dr. Lottie Valentine. And you can get her com. You can find out all about her. But she's the director of, I'm going to have to read the notes here, um, the, Lottie, tell me if I'm getting this right, um, the Centre for Integrative Medicine. Yep, that's correct. And the Centre for Integrative Medicine just fascinates me. And she does all sorts of things on there, which are mixing both the spiritual side of healing and the full medical side of it. She focuses on healing the patient, not the illness, finding the true symptoms and working with that. And she uses all her skills and her training in nutrition and fall therapy and botanical medicine, acupuncture, homeopathy. She uses all of those in helping people find out the roots of their own illness. And she does largely, I think, work with women, but we'll find out more in a minute. But what I totally love, she also does hormone replacement therapy for men. So that is, again, integrating with something that we so often see as just being women. So without more ado, I am going to invite Dr. Lottie to tell you a little bit about herself. Dr. Lottie Valentine. Great to have you here. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. It's an honor. Uh, and I know you have a fascinating background because we've chatted before. Can you just give us a little bit about who you
1: are, how you got into this wonderful integrated stuff? Yes, it's a long story, and I will try to uh, to summarize this part. Or we'll get stuck on this on this topic the whole podcast. <laughs> but. <laughs> In a nutshell, in in like five minutes or less, I'll try and wrap wrap it up so people can understand where I come from. So I was born and raised in Sweden and I moved to the United States when I was 21. And my father was a general practitioner, a physician. And as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a physician. And because I think the time that I was raised, I was born 1958, so I was raised in the 60s. And though women were encouraged to, you know, go after their dreams. And I was very good in the science and sco- the school said, oh, you should go to sci- you know, study sciences and be a doctor. I didn't follow that path because I was a teenager and I, I worried about not having friends. If I went and studied science, there were very few um, young women in, in that um, major in high school. So I majored in languages and business, and uh, met an American that I ended up marrying later on in high school, and moved to the United States. And even though that passion for healing, and as long as I can remember, I would look at people, you know, at the grocery store and the old man with a cane, and think to myself, I wonder what's wrong with him. I wonder how if I can help him heal. And that is, I just came to the world with that. Uh, wanting to help other people. <laughs> and so of course I didn't listen to my heart at all. I, I went with in my mind for many, many years and I majored in business and languages, computer science. I worked for IBM in my youth, my first job out of college as a programmer and systems analyst. So I'm um, thinking I have come a full 360 degree turn or maybe a 180 degree turn <laughs> is to say the least and i then i had children i had three children and after my third one i hemorrhaged uh 10 days at 11 days and 12 days after her birth mm-hmm. and i ended up losing a lot of blood and uh left my body in the er and had what's called a near death experience and went to the other side and it really threw me for a loop because i didn't believe in the afterlife i didn't believe that i was existence beyond my physical death and so it really changed my perspective of everything and how we exist. Then I was really sick for two years. I had a, what's called um, bone marrow suppression. So your platelets are suppressed, your red blood cells are suppressed, your white blood cells are suppressed. So you're sick all the time, you're weak, you're it's you're bruising. And then I had another near-death experience. And um, during the second one, I saw, uh, first of all, I went to this place, uh, which I called the Mid Station because I knew there were levels above and levels beyond. But when I got there, um, there was this most beautiful music. And this music you can't make on the earth plane. And as I'm trying to figure out where this music is coming from, I see a log cabin and I open the door and I look inside and it's empty. I look to my left, I see another log cabin and I open the door, but the log cabin is empty. But then I become aware of this growing light behind me. and. As I'm in this light without my body, you know, I turn around and it's like you become immersed in this light. So imagine standing in a very thick fog, Mm -hmm. but it's just the brightest, whitest light you've ever seen. So it's just everywhere and it just expands to infinity. But being in this light, which is just pure, unconditional love and light, Mm -hmm. there is a knowing that we come from the light and we belong to this light. And we return to this light upon our physical death mm-hmm. and but in this light, there is an outline of angels, and the music is coming from the angels, but I don't believe in angels, I don't believe there is anything except my physical body, so you know I'm questioning at the same time why am I seeing angels? because angels don't exist that's you know my thought but still this is my experience so that's why it's so fascinating because i understand people who have a hard time grasping could there be an afterlife could there be something else except my physical body i was one of these people and if i hadn't had these experiences i would still be that person so i understand the doubt that people have that haven't had spiritual experiences How could you believe in something that you haven't experienced or or haven't knowing that it's there? So and then I see two spirit guides. I don't actually see them. I, I feel them. And the one to my right communicates with the other one, which is diagonally to my left and says, what is she doing here? She can't be here. She has to go back. And I say, no, no, no. Wait a minute. How can I be outside my body and still be me? And the spirit guide on my left says, if I told you, you wouldn't remember. So they have some kind of control over what we get to remember. That's all I can think because there's, I've heard other stories that that are similar. And then he shows me, it's like a movie screen just sort of appears. And I feel like I'm standing on the moon looking down on the earth. But around the earth, there is this silvery, what I call the silvery glittery fishnet because this is 1994 so we didn't have the internet yet we had no way of finding information like this so i see what's what to me looks like a fishnet because the fishnets are kind of diamond shaped and i grew up in the swedish archipelago laying fishnets with my grandmother rowing the boat and when she lifted those nets out of the ocean in the early morning sun the water droplets on the fishnets would sparkle in the sun so that's what that looked like to me. So I'm, I'm, it's like I'm standing on the moon, looking at the earth, seeing this glittery fishnet at around the earth. And the spirit guide says, everything on earth is connected to each other. And everything on earth is connected up to this grid. And with that, I got sent back. And ever since then, that has been kind of my life journey. What was the meaning of that? how are we connected? How how does this all work? And now it's, you know, 30, 28 years later since that near-death experience. And now it's finally making sense. You know, all that long journey of how are we connected? How does this work? And how are we connected to our ancestors? So I work a lot with ancestral healing too. And it makes perfect sense now because I understand the interconnectedness of us. We are connected to everything we're connected to each other we're connected to our ancestors we're connected to the animals to the trees to the plants to the rocks everything everything is connected to everything else and we are part of that and that's what's so incredible and so magical and 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 when i work with people to heal them that is what becomes integrated
0: yeah yeah i do understand that um I've had near-death experiences too, Um, but uh, not like yours. We all have different unique Mm -hmm. ones, our own. But the idea of the web, the net, um, I've always had that too. And this total interconnection thing, I find it on the side of that with a lot of my work, because I do a lot of work with ecology and gardens and plants and all that kind of thing and i'm sure our listeners have heard of things like the world the wood wide web um of the fungus and the fungus that connects everything and once upon a time before we started digging the earth so much it connected every part of the earth and it's sort of like that's the physical side of this energy web i suppose you call it Um, that connects us all so i just feel so strongly with you on that um and it it is all about this connection that we heal but you do more and different stuff than i do with it because you bring in all the medical stuff as well don't you and you integrate that into the web
1: so tell me (laughs) (laughs) yes so you know everything is connected to Everything else. And when people get, you know, physically sick, Mm. uh, we are, of course, physically sick. And I want to say, everybody that's out there struggling with physical illness, Mm. I often get patients and clients that I work with spiritually, and they will tell me, you know, when I work as a medical medium or medical intuitive, um, I can heal this. I'm spiritual. I'll pray more. I'll meditate more. And I tell them, (laughs) Okay, so we have a physical problem, and we need to heal it with our physical tools. This is your physical body. It, you have to use things that are available. And sometimes that is harsh pharmaceuticals like chemotherapy. You know what? That could be that person's best choice. Mm-hmm. And everybody's different. And I get a lot of people saying, you know, uh, my sister has cancer, but my friend healed with carrot juice or, or juicing. Yes, that can help a lot of people it doesn't mean you might you're going to heal from that and every person is unique and individual and what what it is that they need on their healing journey so for people out there that are sick and debating what kind of method to use i would say sometimes botanical medicine is great sometimes homeopathy is great sometimes acupuncture is great sometimes pharmaceuticals is your best choice so you have to look at your own picture and how your body responds, we don't know. You know what ticket you hold. That's why I say, you know, what ticket did you take when you incarnated? Yeah, did yeah. you take the chemotherapy ticket, or did you take the botanical or herb, you know herbal medicine ticket? We don't know which ticket you hold, mm-hmm. and so you have to use all the tools.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But then when you are on this healing journey and you're using the different, <clears throat> excuse me, physical tools. There is also this other part to why we got sick in the first place. And is it genetic? Is it ancestral? Is it the environment? You know, I mean, if you have mold toxicity, (laughs) you were obviously exposed to mold, right? Mm -hmm. If you have an environmental issue, you have heavy metals in your body. It's because you worked on those airplanes when you were in the military, right? there are reasons why we get sick that are physical or environmental or, or genetic. And there is also reasons why we get sick because of our own trauma and the, your our, our ancestral trauma and our own trauma in childhood and the way we have deal, dealt with these traumatic experiences. And there is research on why certain people get certain diseases, right? Anybody who has heard of um, uh, Dr. Gabor's work, uh, Gabor Mate,
2: mm-hmm.
1: his fascinating work. The last, his last book was "The Myth of Normal," mm-hmm. uh, and he has a book which is called "When the Body Says No." And in that book, he discloses of a lot of research that was done and how people, for example, that have ALS, which is a terrible disease, and how they're all so nice. And it, like all the physicians now, like people with ALS, those are the nicest people, mm-hmm. and they they did research on that. And so there is you know poor boundary structure. They help everybody else, but they don't take care of this themselves. So is there another component to why we get sick? Yes. And for those who read the uh, the honeymoon effect, the science of creating heaven on earth by Bruce Lipton, mm-hmm. where they grew different cells in in different environments, so they grew um muscle, fat, and bone cells in these petri dishes.
2: Mm.
1: And it grew different kinds of cells based on the environment that this petri dish was in. Mm. Mm. You know what does that tell you? So we are of course affected by the environment. We're affected by our own childhood trauma. And sometimes to heal, we have to use the physical medicine, pharmaceuticals and botanical medicine, etc. But to really remove the obstacle, we may also have to work spiritually, such as with ancestral healing and understand what happened to my parents and what happened to me as a child? How do I deal with my emotions? How do I deal with uh, certain difficulties? And these there's patterns within families that tend to repeat themselves, but the diseases also repeat themselves, yeah. even though we don't have a genetic marker for it. Yeah. Maybe there is a genetic marker, or maybe it's yeah. just yeah. from the environment that we're in, and then that creates certain diseases. So. We are, I know, integrative uh, spiritual creatures, and I think it's the only way we can really create true healing is to work, you know, with the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual all together, and not just do one. Don't just do spiritual. Don't just do pharmaceutical. You know what I'm saying? It's just an integrative approach if you're truly going to heal and get well. Yeah, and some people may never get well. Maybe that's the ticket they drew to have a life with a condition, so they have to be dependent on other people in this life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what what do we incarnate for? Yeah, I'm totally with you on that, and with your very last point. I mean, um, these
0: are my hands, people. Um, this is the only bit you can see. I've got rheumatoid arthritis and osteoporosis um, in every joint of my body. That's very unlikely i'm not good at saying never i expect you're not either um it's very unlikely that i will ever not have them and looking back over my life i've had them since 1982 now um they have given me so many opportunities as well Has a lot of pain and difficulty, and stopping me doing things that I used to love doing, and all that kind of thing. And so, I'm totally with you on you may not physically get well, but you will be well as a whole person. And I'm totally again with you on the pharmaceuticals. I can't actually cope with this disease without the pharmaceuticals as well as everything else. Mm -hmm. and when I was brought up I was brought up in my dad and family and everybody said we live in an and and universe not an either or one and uh, to me that's so much what it's about Mm -hmm. so you know as you can tell I love talking with Lossie she's gorgeous (laughs) (laughs) and uh, she's got so much to tell us on this kind of thing but with the I know you do this kind of thing with people. And you were talking about the ancestral healing. And I was Lottie has got a fantastic summit coming up shortly um, on ancestral healing. Um, It's free, am I right, Lottie? Yep, it's free. Three days, end of the month. Details will be in the show notes. And it's absolutely amazing. But I was reading about it today, and you talk about the mother wound and something that it's been happening for me over the past, particularly over the past 18 months with my own clients, I'm a psychotherapist and coach as well, as you know, Um, is something they call the witch wound. And I love the term. And some parts of it do relate to ancestral healing, because um, both in your country and in mine, witches were persecuted, for instance. And so there's a lot of ancestral stuff wound in there but the witch wound seems to me from my experience to go a bit further in that it's really really deep possibly thousands of years old because it seems particularly to relate to where women can't stand up for themselves Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and feel squashed and i can't say that i can't do that all of this stuff which i'm sure you meet
1: What's your opinion on that, Lossie? Yes. So in my world that would be called a mother wound. And uh-huh. I wondered about that. Right. Yeah, but yes. it, you know, I can see where it's going, the witch wound. Because uh-huh. when you when I work with a mother wound, and uh it's you know, it any a man or a woman can have a mother wound, number one. Yeah. And it depends on a lot of different things, but the mother wound let's go back to that if you have a hard time stepping into yourself where does that come from well it comes from it comes from your ancestors number one the way that you were raised as a young child and how you interacted if you look at it from a psychotherapeutic standpoint because ancestral healing is a form of counseling so in my world it has become integrated <laughs> you know with with a lot of different things the way i view it but that mother wound can come from you're not seen you're not heard as a child you're pleasing your mother to gain love and affection Mm -hmm. Uh, you were separated from mother mother was in the hospital after your birth or you were in the icu mother had to return to work she couldn't care for you or you just felt it was a mismatch you just felt Mm -hmm. like your mom didn't really understand you or didn't see you for who you are uh, your mother may have been preoccupied. She might have had um, some form of a addiction, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. So there are many different ways that this wound can come up. Um, I think that the funniest part is when I work with people and they say, I uh, no, it's definitely not ancestral. I my family was great. I came my family was like leave it to beaver, like the whole TV show. Yeah. And it was just perfect. And I said, okay, I know. It was perfect. Now I really know you have an ancestral mother wound because, <laughs> because you're not even seeing it yet, right? That perfection. When you think back and kind of it's very similar to myself. When I studied ancestral healing for months with Mark Boleyn, who is what i consider like the father of ancestral healing is trained we were 200 people in his class physicians and counselors from around the world um and so he is the the i would say the person who has really paved the way for this type of of healing um but when you work with people um where was i going with this we were talking about the the mother i want to make sure i mentioned mark boleyn because he is the the person who trained yes he is indeed but that integration of the of the mother wound. So when you have a mother wound, you might not have been seen and heard. And so when I started that down that path myself, I said, my parents were perfect. My mom was perfect. She was so loving, so nurturing. Right. And so we still can have a mother wound. And it wasn't until I started peeling back that onion that I realized, "Oh oh, wait a second. I was raised in the 1960s. Everything, you know, girls don't talk back to their mothers. Girls do what they're told to do. Uh girls be quiet. Girls are neat. Girls don't, you know, have they're clean, they're neat, they keep the napkin in their lap. Yeah. And even though my mom was very loving and very nurturing, uh, I was very different from my mom. I had three older brothers and I, of all the kids, I was the one who was like my dad, <laughs> but he was also the one that was the physician. I looked like my dad, I'm very much like my dad. um so I always felt my mom didn't really understand who I was at the court, though she was very loving, very nurturing. Mm-hmm. Could I have asked for a better mom? No, I would say no, my mom was amazing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but that of that feeling of not being seen and heard, then you grow up with that well. That relationship you had with your mom is all about pleasing. It's all about doing the right thing, getting love and praise in return for being the good little girl that the good little girl doesn't speak up. It doesn't stand on her own feet, right? Versus a boy who is more likely to be heard and seen Mm -hmm. uh, in those instances for, for the generation that I'm in. Yeah. So then when you grow up, you have a hard time stepping into yourself. And even if you had that loving, nurturing mother, there may still be issues that's causing you not to be able to take that step and feel that power. And then typically, you know, it goes back. So regardless whether you had this loving, nurturing mother or if you had a mother that was, you know, had addiction problems or didn't care about you or had all these other issues, Typically what I see when I work with people is that it's a repetition of the pattern within for generations. Yeah. The mom that mom, your mom, the client's mother's mother is the same as the client's mother. Yeah. The client the client's grandmother, and then the client's grandmother's mother is the same as the client's grandmother. And that pattern just repeats generation after generation after generation. Yeah. So when you talk about the witch wound, you know, the way I think because I have people say, you know, I know I was a witch a long time ago, you know, and I I I'm not seen I'm not heard and it's almost like that pattern is just repeating yes. you know women are put in their place you know we're we're scary women are scary when you look <laughs> at it <laughs> women you know bleed that, yes. once a month <laughs> and they're still walking you know <laughs> yeah indeed so yeah yeah no I agree
0: um while you were talking a particular thing came up for me I um I my mother died of cancer when I was three and a half. And so I didn't have a mother and I had a stepmother when I, from when I was eight. And she was lovely. She was a really gorgeous woman and all that sort of thing. But so that was sort of not bad at all. And my dad was great. Almost. But I remember when I went to work and I went to work and I was working, I've been working a few years, two or three years, when the Equal Pay for Women Act came in, in britain and my dad as i said a great guy he was all into the spiritual stuff himself as well but i said oh great dad you know um we're we're getting equal pay now how can you be getting equal pay you're a woman and he said that and i didn't click it properly at the time other than like oh kind of feeling but thinking about it now since i did the psychology degree years later yeah and the that was in him of course all the way through his life all the way through my growing up and like you say everything feels good and you don't realize that these things are happening until you actually come to think back against them i find this with clients too exactly the same as you you know that they oh no everything's fine it was all hunky-dory i love my parents they're really great people and then they start digging and start looking and they find hmm, actually ah and so yeah i thought it might be this similar thing like that so i'm really glad to know And this is going to be one of the things you're talking about on
1: the ancestral healing thing, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, ancestral healing is fascinating because they've done research on it. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of studies and you can go to my website if you click on uh, work spiritually with Dr. Lottie and then you click on ancestral healing, it'll take you to that page and there are links to these studies and some more studies um, on that website. But The the, I would say the most uh, fascinating study is, well, that's actually two, uh, Epigenetic Inheritance of Ancestral Odor Fear Conditioning, Mm -hmm. which was uh, published back in 2013 in Nature of Neuroscience. Mm -hmm. And it was a study that was led by Brian Diaz at the Emory University School of Medicine in Georgia. And they took... uh, mice male mice and they exposed them to a cherry blossom smell and then every time they smelled the cherry blossom they would give them a little electric shock so the male (laughs) mice learned to fear the cherry blossom smell because every time they smelled that they knew they were going to get an electric shock Mm. then they took the sperm from the male mice artificially inseminated the female mice Mm. that female mice gave birth to little mice pups Mm. and those mice pups and the offspring of the mice pups of those mice pups all feared had were jumpy or you know had a fear of the cherry blossom smell, mm-hmm. even though they had never smelled it themselves. Their mother had never smelled it. it It was transferred on the DNA from the sperm of the male mice. Mm-hmm. So not only were they more jumpy, but they, it was a receptor called the m seventy one receptor, and they had more of these m seventy one receptors meaning that they could detect the cherry blossom smell at even lower levels than the than the father mice
2: yeah yeah
1: so when you look at when you look at people when i work with people and they say i have anxiety i have anxiety for um let's say one a common one know, loud noises or sirens but they didn't have A traumatic experience themselves. They were never in a car accident or in a situation where there was a lot of ambulance or sirens or fire trucks, right, or in the fire. So then you're saying, well, where is it coming from? And then you start digging. Well, grandpa was in World War II. And, you know, every time the sirens went off, the airplanes were coming in, he thought, this is it. I'm going to die. This is the day I die. So when you think of the mice pups, Mm -hmm. Yeah. did he upregulate those <laughs> those uh receptors for for you know being um you know looking out for sirens and being alert all the time so when you when you look at it that way you understand that you know that we are, it's transferred down to the dna but they've also done human studies and they did a Holocaust exposure-induced intergenerational effects on the FKBP5 methylation gene. Mm-hmm. And what they found is they took people from the from the Holocaust that had survived, and they could see that these uh the markers on this gene was transferred down to the grandchildren. Yeah. And I think that's how far we've gotten now. So I guess we're waiting for the grandchildren to have kids. Yeah. But that it, it was actually transferred on the DNA. So when we talk about you know issues that we don't know why we have that issue then look somewhere else you you this disease or this problem didn't come from your own experience no so exactly. where is it coming from then why why are we having this issue and that's when you start looking at the ancestral part and say okay what happened with the ancestors yeah. and the in the ancestral healing it is the tra- is the traumatic event so it's the actions reactions and interactions that our forefathers had, you know, our grandmoms and dads, grandparents and aunts and uncles, right? Those experiences that they had that weren't resolved or the way I look at it caused a disequilibrium in the universe itself. It's an energetic disequilibrium. Uh, It could be somebody who experienced deep grief, uh, wrongdoings uh, in life and had guilt feelings about that. Yeah and then you know that gets actually transferred down Mm -hmm. and so you know i say we you know things get transferred energetically because we are all connected through time and space i was just thinking precisely that this dna transfer
0: but it's also happening in what you described as the net yeah so that is linked so the one is Mm -hmm. going to the other is coming back is going Mm -hmm. to the other is coming back Mm -hmm. and um I think through these studies, hopefully, and through the summits such as you're having, people are getting the hang of this. It isn't just one thing. Yeah. Yeah. There isn't a sort of silver bullet answer to this. It's this plus this plus this plus this plus this.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's never just one thing. No. Yeah. I think we're trained our minds from being schooled. There's there was only one answer, that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> Since <laughs> kindergarten. <laughs> But in this case, there's many answers that are correct. And they're all correct. It's a multiple choice question. And it's a
0: multiple answer question as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm married to an ex-particle physicist and mathematician. Um, He's not as hot as he used to be 20 years ago now. But, you know, he knows his stuff. And he he can talk about it so that I can understand. And when you actually look at it, um, like in astrophysics, say, or something... Um, or in some mathematics, you get this and, and. And the, um, this uh, chap called Boules, um, Georges Boul, um, who you can't solve anything with only one system. And he proves that mathematically. And I loved it when Paul was telling me this. And so I think it's exactly the same. And I think we've got two narrow. And things like your summits and the work we both do is starting to open people up and say, no, you've got to take all of these things into consideration. Uh that is just so important. And I think it is to you. I mean, as like I said at the beginning, you know, you're one of the most integrated women I've ever met. <laughs> yeah. And it's how we all ought to be. We need to get there.
1: We need to open up. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think that is. What we're living through right now is that uh the portal, so to speak, we are all opening up, I think, across the world. Mm-hmm. We're starting to understand that we are more than just our physical body. And there is um, you know, there is a, a need for understanding shamanism and our roots and where we came from mm-hmm. and an integration of of the of the Western world and the, you know, more traditional world or South America, mm-hmm. original traditions with um aboriginal people that are still carrying this wisdom and this knowledge that we need to learn as as the western people we need to learn how to integrate that yeah um to to get to the next level of consciousness so to speak yeah and just open up
0: in that way i mean there's the same thing in in europe and in my own country in britain here there are a lot of us who we don't particularly look different Uh, we just you know look like this you know I've got my sweater on and my hair and my glasses and that um but our ancestors and our upbringing has kept this knowledge alive and now it's getting wanted and this seems to be happening all around the world which I think is marvelous and well well time for it Lottie tell us a little bit about these because actually, I didn't realize when I started this, there are actually three summits that Lottie is doing, all of them three. So I'm going to have horribly busy weekends these weekends.
1: Um, tell us about them. Uh, so the Shift Network one, it's you know it's a very large organization, so many people know about that. Um, to sign up for that, you can just go to my website, uh, drlottie.com, and then you click on Upcoming Events, and then there'll be a link that will take you straight to that website and that's the easiest way and the best way to sign up um uh, for that and there's also another summit um where I also speak about uh ancestral healing and that one is called live your most Out. Authentic life. Most evolved life. I can't remember where those get. Uh, (laughs) live Live your most evolved life. And that's with Irene Weinberg. And she's the host of that. And again, there is uh amazing speakers uh on that. Both of the both of those summits have really, really great, great speakers. And anybody who signs up, both of the summits are free. Both you can sign up for both of them going through my website. Uh they'll be right underneath each, each underneath each other.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and you will learn a lot about uh different approaches to creating healing in your own life from there's all these different experts, and we all bring uh a different light, you know, how to how to create healing. Yeah, wait, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've I've had a look at um some of the t- speakers and I have met um uh,
0: some of them, and I know they are really, really good, and so I'm very much looking forward to you know being there and seeing what's actually happening and hearing people talk and Earlier you said, lottie, about we're all unique, and recently I've been pushing out um, a little thing is um, is about normal so, I mean everybody feels they're normal, don't they? and there are actually eight billion. Different forms of normal on planet Earth at the moment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because there are 8 billion of us. Mm -hmm. And every single one of those normals is unique. Mm -hmm. So, you know, get your brains around that one as well, because it's important. We are unique Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and we're all okay. We're all normal. We're all where we're supposed to be Mm -hmm. with a bit of tweaking, with a bit of help. Yeah. Deal with the physical stuff. Deal with the mental stuff. Deal with the emotional stuff as well. But because you're not like the next bloke, you're fine. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I tell people. Wherever you are, you're that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. And whenever I used to ask the spirit guides, you know, what am I doing? Give me, give me a hint. What's next? Everything is as it should be. Yeah, and that would be my consistent answer until I really got hammered into my brain, everything is as it should be. And that's how it is every single day, yeah. because it is, we are um, divine, unique creatures that we all have a purpose, even though we think we don't have a purpose, we all have a purpose. We do. And we do. Yeah. sometimes people, you know, feel, well, what is my purpose? <laughs> do you, you're living it. Sometimes we don't see it. It's sort of hidden from us. Yeah. And I think that's where, I mean, if people want to
0: find out more about their purpose, it's, you know, go to people like you, Lottie, or come to people like me, and we will help you dig down and find this purpose because it's the same as finding the roots of the illness that you're currently living with, the condition that you're currently living with. And for me, making friends with it
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah you have to dig down yeah sometimes and i I do a lot of that sometimes i get clients that you know have been home for a while or they just want to make a career change and they're wondering should i go this way or should i go that way Mm -hmm. and you know we talk about it and i you know work psychically and mediumistically as well so again it becomes an integration Mm -hmm. of everything um and depending on sometimes you know people worry about signing up for the correct session because i work as a medical intuitive medical medium uh psychic and medium uh, mediumship readings mm-hmm. and ancestral healing uh, mm-hmm. spirit guides etc and mm-hmm. i have all those sessions listed on my website if you just go to drlottie.com and click on yes. work spiritually with dr lottie all those different sessions will come up <laughs> so but i tell people it doesn't matter it doesn't matter so much if we you know we might start with a medical intuitive and then halfway through, this is ancestral. And then it goes into the ancestral, the second half of it. And it doesn't matter because we're going to take that session wherever it needs to go yes, in order to create healing for the the client. So, you know, don't worry about that so much. If they sign up for ancestral healing, uh, they will get about 13 questions of, you know, what is it? What is your issue? When did it start? And that way, I will get a little bit of an insight into what it is that's troubling them beforehand. And so we can get a little bit more accomplished and that's, you know, you can just read on my website, the different descriptions, but again, you don't have to fill that form out. We, you know, if they sign up for a medical intuitive and it, it still goes to ancestral, we can still unravel those questions. So. Yeah. And again, that is part of this integration. And because you've got
0: all of this experience that you, at your fingertips as well as at your back mm. and you can then be with the person where they are not saying oh you signed up here for left-handed uh car driving or something <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah um, it doesn't matter <laughs> no 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 it's all mm. about you becoming the real you isn't it
1: Right. It's, you know, living, living your authentic life, uh, finding that within yourself, whatever that is, and uncovering that, because it is not until you find yourself that you will be happy in life. And that can be, again, something ancestral. And many times it's just hidden from us because we think that, well, my, my childhood was great. I don't have any complaints and we don't we can't see it and um sometimes it's helpful to work with somebody like you or me to help uncover that and it's once they create what i call the aha moment the 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 light bulb goes on now i see it now i understand why i'm having this issue why i'm afraid of going after the job why i'm afraid of changing careers all of a sudden that light goes on and then you can put that at rest and you move on with your life so it just creates um there's a tremendous sense of of peace and healing it does indeed
0: i totally agree you've made me think of something and if you don't mind Mm -hmm. send me check yeah i'm just going to get up and get something you will recognize it and i hope a lot of the listeners will as well this is something i was given um by one of the people who started me off 40 years no maybe 40 40 years ago definitely
1: i can't see what it says let's see okay hold it still everybody needs a co-pilot yes
0: (laughs) And this is snoopy
1: yes little snoopy <laughs> and Woodstock. that's
0: so true so yeah. true and he gave it to me this uh, lovely person he gave it to me and he said we all need a co-pilot and i feel that's my job and in many ways i sort of feel you know
1: that's yours as well yeah absolutely yeah um I mean, that's that's what I do, really, literally, working as a physician or working spiritually with people. I'm their co-pilot, yeah. uh, helping them find their way or create healing in their life one way or another. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lottie, it's been
0: absolutely wonderful talking to you. And hopefully we can do it again, maybe later in the year or something. Oh, uh, yeah, I would love to. That would be really great. And please, everybody, you will enjoy these summits. So even if you can only manage one, have a go at one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. I believe much. you get to keep, I get, believe you have access to it too, for like 48 hours, you know, if you miss. Oh, you even that's great. Yeah. yeah. And there. I think there's also a way you can, um, you know, buy the whole package and keep it forever kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, they're both a, a tremendous uh, summit. So yeah, well are... worth your time.
0: Yeah. yeah. They will be indeed. So thank you very much, Lossie. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. No, it's been really fun as ever. <laughs> and thank you everybody for listening and joining me on this one. And this will be up on both my podcast and on YouTube. <laughs> so goodbye for now, everybody. See you all again. Oh, hey, I hope you enjoyed that hope it pulled out some new ideas and new ways of looking at life, the universe and everything. And I'd love to know your comments, so do send them to me. Doing and being badassery is fun. It makes your heart sing and that helps everyone. And it helps you put the soul back in your life and in your business. Business, when it's really working, is fun, full of badass reality and makes your heart sing. So let's stick all those rubbish old work ideas of toil and drudgery in the compost caddy. Let's recycle them into something fun and useful. That's what Badassery is about, having fun and being useful. If you'd like more, get on my website www.ellensentier.com, sign up for my newsletters and check out my lives and vlogs. Let's get to know each other, let's get together, have fun, grow your life and make your heart sing. Let's be real, come on, let's light our fires.